Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 40. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Carmen Galliano. Carmen is a mom of four and has been married for nine years to her best friend, who is a pastor, and together they've served in ministry for more than 10 years. Currently in this season of life, she is at home with her kids, but she's worn many hats over the years from being an art teacher, a counselor, and a social worker. Carmen loves connecting with others and sharing her walk with Christ and the journey of truth and grace, which has been the catalyst for her blog of seven years, Graciously Woven, and the heart behind her community. Welcome, Carmen. So grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. Yeah, you. so you have four kids and one of them is pretty new, yes? <laughs> Yes, like fresh <laughs> and um, just turned six weeks. And she is the only girl out of 14 grandsons oh my on both gosh. sides. Wow. Yeah. People are pretty excited then. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> is beyond, I cannot tell you the amount of um, gifts and boxes of clothes Aww. I've received so from sweet. family alone. Yeah. How are your boys doing with her? They're doing really good. They... Um, They've adjusted or are adjusting, but they've already taken to the fact that there is someone very tiny and delicate in the house. They love to probably kiss her too much Aww. and they want to hold her. So they're they're really gentle with her and I'm thankful. Um, but I know that they're definitely dying to go out more and ride bikes and be just regular boys, which you kind kind of can't do all the time with mm -hmm. a six week old. That's sweet, though, that they're sweet with her. Um, Carmen, I saw a blog post that you had written about mm -hmm. you and your husband going into ministry and how your husband, Mike, felt called to go into ministry and you didn't necessarily feel the same thing. Um, and I wanted to chat about that today, about the ministry part, some of it, but also just about the fact of our husbands maybe being called to something that we aren't feeling called to and what that looks like and how you process that and what that did and does for your marriage and your relationship. Um, and just kind of walk us through, um, cause I'm sure there are other women out there who maybe are feeling something similar, regardless of what the you know category in their life is. Um, so if you can kind of bring us back to the beginning of all of that, <laughs> to when, you know, what might come to you and say, I think, you know, God is, calling us to ministry and where were you at? What did that look like? Man, hindsight is 2020 though. Mm -hmm. So as I reference this, I'm going to sound a lot more gracious and a lot kinder. <laughs> um, but man, uh, I would say we were only married about nine, 10 months. It was less than a year. We were pregnant with our first son and my husband had a dream. And he came to me and he said, well, babe, also we had left the church that we ended up coming back to. So there was some significant church hurt that happened mm -hmm. and we were taking a break. Um, and he said, babe, I had a dream. And it was a dream of three trees, actually. And so two of the trees had been cut down or something to that effect. But the third tree was still standing. And he said, "I, you know, I'm really praying about it. He talked to a really close friend of his at you know, prayer partner and accountability partner. And so they had prayed as well and really came to that. God had still had a, um, just this opportunity for him to really do ministry, which has always been his heart. So 
I looked at him and I said, that's, that's fine. If you want to do ministry, we knew both from just our time of serving as youth leaders and as young adults and even in college is where we met. We were in a discipleship program that if you're going to do ministry, we had to do it together in the sense that I needed to cover him. Yeah. Um, Cause ministry, ministry by yourself, especially um, as a male, not to say it doesn't happen for women as well, but just ministry in general, you, when you have a partner, it's kind of, you, you both have to be somewhat all in. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so I told him if we're, you know, if you feel like this is where God is calling you, I, I was not at the space because I was really struggling with a lot of that church hurt that had not been resolved. And then when he told me that he felt the Lord was calling us back to the church, we were going to mm-hmm. leave, like we had left. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I immediately told him that God was not speaking to him. It's a God's not a God of confusion. Um, God is a God of order. I, mean, I, I threw as many scriptures as possible to tell him that that is not what we were supposed to be doing. And it was really, I, I was very angry with God. So I felt like I had made the wise decision to step back um, and just kind of clear my head. And maybe there were other congregations. And we also live in a time or a society where people leave church and they don't um, kind of close that door formally. So I remember having a conversation with my parents and they had let me know that if you are leaving officially, you need to send a letter or something that says this season is done. Mm -hmm. And because we hadn't done that yet. And then my husband had this dream. He said, well, why don't I'll go talk to the senior pastor and mind you, I've been, I've been at this church for over 20 years. So this is like the church I grew up in. Um, and he said, I'll, I'll officially discuss that. We'll be stepping away from the church. We're going to be looking for another church. We'll do it that way so we can close the door. And then he had the dream. And so he went and they met and the pastor had offered him a job. Like on the spot? <laughs> yeah. He said, I've been praying. You know, I really felt like the Lord had put you on my heart. I've been seeking you guys out. I know that you're married, but you've moved and your contact information is different. And he came home, he goes, well, he offered me a job, babe. And I said, this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as looking back, I knew, looking back, I can say that I, I know that God was, had God not worked through my husband, and if he had worked specifically through me, we would not have served in ministry back at that church and the healing that happened in that time would not have happened if my husband honestly listened to me or if God had spoken to me first. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, What was the fact that you had, you know, the hurt that had happened, is that the reason you didn't want to go back? Were there other reasons you didn't want to get into ministry or what were you worried about? Why, why weren't you on board a hundred percent? I think it was a combination. It's definitely the hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you're a part of a ministry for years, like I started and we moved to that area, and I started in middle school. And I'm I was one. I had really dedicated my life to the Lord at 13. Was very involved. Um, when that hurt had happened, it really it shook me, mm-hmm. and I was very I was very upset. And I and when church hurt happens, not a you don't really know how to deal with it. 
And people don't necessarily know how to engage you because they know you're hurt. And you also don't necessarily, well, for me, I didn't know how to engage anyone else because I was angry Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be explosive to everyone. Um, So just removing myself felt like the best option. So that was a combination of that was a combination of seeing other church leaders that were not as successful in terms of doing ministry with their spouses. It seemed like it really put a wedge in their marriages. Their kids started to take sides. You know, you had the the pastor's kids that wanted to be with their their parent that was always at church. And you had the other kids that became resentful and didn't want to have anything to do with church. So I had those concerns because I was pregnant that is church going to take over our lives? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't want, I do not want for our first year of marriage or us just starting to enjoy starting to build a family that the expectations that you'll get sucked in and then I'll have to choose and we won't be working together as a team. Yeah. Or we'll both be a hundred percent committed to this and you know, something's gonna fall through the cracks. And that was a big concern of mine. So how did you get to yes and Mike <laughs> taking that job? <laughs> <laughs> well, in a series of interesting events, um I I went ahead and said yes, and that was a huge faith step for me. So I was completely honest, I do not agree. I'm Actually, I think this is a terrible idea (laughs) and a a big part of me. And it's terrible to say I was hoping that things would not be successful. So I could say, I told you, Mm -hmm. but we tried it, you know, like, hey, I was supportive. But it didn't work out. So now we're going to move forward. (laughs) Exactly. And now we can just close the door and keep moving. Send the letter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you. People send your letters. No, (laughs) Um, but I, I went ahead and said yes. And he started part-time. So he had a full-time job as a home-based counselor. So he did a lot of traveling, worked with families and kids that were at risk of their um, kids being removed from their home. So he continued to do that and he worked part-time. And then he made the decision. He asked me, he goes, well, would you be okay if I went full-time? Because ministry really is full-time. And we were doing student ministries at the time. And uh, we started with middle schoolers. And God had really blessed that ministry and blessed. We are still in touch with all those kids. We actually had to see all of them graduate. Um, but there were certain things that as I started to support and help him more, we we had agreed that if we were going to do this, well, we made like three agreements. One, I would make sure that I helped. I was going to cover him. Um, Then two, we made an agreement that if we were going to commit to student ministries, we needed to see those kids through their full um, from middle school all the way to high school. That's a big commitment. It is. It is. So begrudgingly, I made those because I'm not thinking this is going to happen. This is going to work out Mm -hmm. anyways. Um, and so by saying those yeses, it really was the Lord softening my heart over just being there on Wednesdays, seeing his commitment. Um, Mike would clean, they were in a small room at the church and he would, and it was also used as a lunchroom during the daytime. He would clean and vacuum and set that room up every single Wednesday. He would be there two hours before just getting everything ready. And I I love my husband as a friend, 
not just as my spouse and to see the joy that he was finding that I, I know I had not seen, you know, with his current job and other things. We've known each other for several years. It, it was different. And I, I felt like the Lord, there was a moment in me of um, trusting that God would take care of my own personal anger and emotions. And I could kind of shelve those to be a better support to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, that was a year, that was years in process. Yeah. So what did that process look like for you? Like personally in your walk with the Lord, like he's, he was softening your heart. Your husband has, you know, is feeling called to something you're not like, what does that process look like again? Like regardless of what the category is for somebody, if it's going into ministry, a job or, yeah. you know, family decisions, whatever it is, like, can you walk us through a little bit of what it looked like of more of how God was softening your heart? And like, was it, you know, moments that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you? Was it, like you said, you know, watching Mike clean it up and seeing his commitment and just like seeing how much he was into this and like that brought you joy? What other kinds of things, if there is somebody listening who is like, I'm not sure, but I could use a little, you know, encouragement in this department. So that, that looked like a lot of self-reflection. If I'm going to be very honest, that did not. And even referencing that blog post, everything that I started, that I went through was had probably like 99.9% to do with me in my own maturing in my faith. Um, really the Lord had to, to what, I don't even know if that's a phrase, but like help wise me up. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, it's not even grammatically correct, but he really did. He, there was a lot of peeling back of, you don't handle conflict well, you don't. And it became so much less about, I was hurt to more about, yes, we, we get hurt. We, you know, Christ does not promise us when we serve him, that this is going to be a, a fantastic walk, but he does promise that he's faithful and he does promise that he will see you through and that you'll grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time, I, I felt like the Lord, when I would handle a situation, uh, for example, my husband would want to choose like, hey, we need to, you know, I'm, I'm going, we're going to do the ski retreat, but I'd want to, but I personally didn't want to go. And he, I really feel like you should go because there's girls in our ministry that are connecting with you and um, and we'd have an argument or I would pull something out of, um, for example, we'd be talking about something completely different. I'd be like, you're being hypocritical. You know, how can you, how can we be serving in ministry and you're acting like this? Uh, afterwards, I, the Holy Spirit, honestly, and, and because I became more in tune that I was doing it, the Holy Spirit was quick to go is, are you handling that appropriately? And is that, is that the type of standard or accountability or support that you want to give to someone regardless of what they're doing. And it's true. Your Mm -hmm. husband may not be called to ministry, but he could be called to open a business that, you know, will open doors of ministry just through transactions or whatever is happening. And um, God had to really break down, break me down. And that looked a lot like a lot of personal time of prayer, a lot of, um, finding more strategic women. They found me uh, when I stopped looking for um, pastor's wives or other women in ministry to come alongside me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because I realized that I, I wanted them alongside me, not so much to really help me grow, but just to keep me comfort. Mm. Um, and the Lord really had to remove all of that for me to realize that you're just, because you haven't handled that or given me your hurt, given me how you don't deal with conflict, that you're waiting for this to fail. And that's also not helping either is everything I'm looking at is I'm looking through a negative perspective, but you're asking me to bless this. How yeah. can you, um, so it was a lot of personal alone time with the Lord, whether I wanted it or not. Yeah. Um, Would you say like, as that was going on, like you felt that happening, like I know we're looking back years from now and like hindsight is always a lot different, but <laughs> like as you were processing and as a, you were having that personal, you know, reflection time, did you feel God working in that? Did you know, like in your heart, what was going on, even though you didn't maybe want to admit it? Yeah. Okay. I did. I, I knew, um, and it, it took me, I'd say it took me honestly that after two years and, and that's that's tough to say I, i'll tell you the, especially that first year i i fought it i really did i i fought the opportunities to enjoy what god was doing and how he was moving um in the ministry and also in me mm -hmm. so even though i i'd soften my approach to, hey, I've got a good ministry idea, which before I was like, I don't have any ideas for you. You're going to have to go talk to somebody else. Um, that I'd find myself back in a situation where this was, this was terrible. I can't believe we did this. I can't. Um, so it, it felt like a yo-yo because as I'm, as I'm leaning and allowing the Lord to start leading, then I snatch the control back. And I go, no, that's, that's not what the original plan was. The plan is that I'm going to wait for this to end. And then we're going to move forward and we're just going to serve somewhere that nobody knows who we are. And, you know, I can just kind of suppress whatever is going on. Yeah. That's so good. I feel like that can be applied to so many things, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we see God working or we feel him and like, it's not necessarily what we want or we still have, you know, bitterness or anger or something inside of us that like brings us back to, Nope. Well, that's, that's not what I wanted or that's not how I yeah. was going to see that go. Um, I think that's so good. Would you say now, Carmen, that like looking at, so is Mike still working in that church? Is it the same? No. Okay. So um, after over eight years, God opened a door for us to move and for him to serve in ministry at another church, which is where we're at now. We're actually in Georgia and he is serving as a connections pastor. So we did, we started in middle school, then mm -hmm. moved to both middle school and high school ministry. And then God had opened another door for us to do uh, next gen ministry. So we had absorbed children's and um, babies and did that for um, about a year and a half. And then God opened that door for us to, and that, that was tough that is surprising, not surprising, but kind of surprising from where we started Yeah, to um, just to see God's hand and his grace. And finally in that submission and a lot of that trust mm -hmm. because there, you don't realize when you don't feel like God is speaking to you and you know, you have a relationship with the Lord 
and you and your spouse, that was uh, looking back. I realized that was a huge thing for me was I was very afraid that if we started in ministry, that we would end worse off than where we had left when we left the ministry for that season. Mm -hmm. And so to see where we are, I feel like God would not have opened this door had I not gone through that process of healing and the trust of submitting and not so much submission where, okay, I'll just do this because you asked me to do it mm-hmm. or we'll, but like but wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that, I mean, it's just a huge level of trust. And I think over time of seeing God, not only moving through my husband, but moving through me allowed me to start releasing what I felt I needed to control myself. Yeah. What, how have you seen God work? Like as he kind of loosened you up inside and softened your heart and all of that over the years, how has that affected the rest of like your marriage, your family, your kids? Like not just the fact of Mike having a certain job or being in ministry, but like how has that just played out in the rest of your life? So in submitting, I joined my husband in ministry, um, which I had left my job as a social worker which I, I love that job. I really did. And it was a little challenging to navigate when we had our second son. Um, but what I've, I saw, what I've seen God do honestly is we've in my marriage, my marriage is probably a thousand times stronger today than it, than I ever imagined it to be. My kids don't hate ministry. They love it. Um, and they, they challenge me to really make sure that we're discipling them because they're not just, we don't just go to church because our lives, I would say what I saw is that God, God really opened an opportunity for us to experience like the Acts 242 church around year five of us doing ministry back where we were at home where we started to really grow in a community with believers. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that can be difficult. I forgot who, who I was listening to, but it can be really difficult when you're a pastor because you almost want to separate yourself to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're engaged with your congregation, you're connected, but there's this kind of, at the end of the day, this is us. And I felt like God really gifted us to where we could be in community with not only people that we went to church with and served with, they became family to yeah. us. So um, I definitely, that was one of the major things I, I believe that God has allowed for me to not just grow in my love for him, but has also shown me other ways that I can connect because of the different things I've gone through in ministry that I'm able to connect with other women. I'm also able to connect. Um, and my heart was always to mentor young young women and to stay connected to them. Um, and looking back, I would not have had that had we not gone, you know, had we not really stepped into what we did. Yeah. That's so cool. I always say and feel and really truly believe that like nothing goes wasted as far as like your path and where God takes you. And like, even if there are things that are hard or they seem wrong, like he, he can use them or he builds upon them, you know, for that next thing. Um, so I think that's so cool. Would you say, um, 
<laughs> has Mike had any other ideas or dreams that you're like, now, <laughs> now that you've experienced this, now that you've experienced like, okay, like God was speaking to you. Like, do you feel like if he were to come to you again, that would be easier for you or vice versa in your marriage? I am going to be 100% uh-huh. transparent uh-huh. and tell you that my husband has had multiple ideas that I have found myself once again saying that is not that cannot be, um, but I've, I've come around quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, even us moving out here to Georgia, we were originally from Virginia. I, I was not on board. I, I struggled to really see if that was going to be something that God had for us. Um, and then we switched. Then he was unsure. <laughs> and I had to, I had to really encourage him and say that this is what God is. This is our new season that God is preparing us and preparing you for. But it's a much better dialogue. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Because there is, I don't, it's not so much I trust Mike. I trust that God is working in Mike and that Mike is consistently tapping into what God has, not just for him, but for us as a family. Um that I know that when he does say something, it's not out of selfishness. And I probably should speak to that is I felt like he was being selfish when he initially told me about that dream, which looking back, he he didn't imagine that dream on his own. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. uh, God really was orchestrating something that we needed. And I desperately needed, I needed to go back to where that hurt was and to heal. And and it's so cool that God would even do that, that he would take me back to the very place I was, develop that bitterness and anger and use every single uh, conversation and relationship and ministry opportunity to remind me that he never left, even in that time. Mm -hmm. And that he cared enough about me to say, if you'll allow me to lead. I'll lead you to that, that restoration. Cause that's what his heart is for anyways. Um, if I could say anything to any person that um, possibly listening is there's a huge difference in trusting what God is doing in your spouse. Um, and then just trusting your spouse. And so I've had to learn that over the years is I need to remove thinking that my husband is for himself because if we've been married and I trust you and I see you making decisions that are for us, then I need to also see that in that lens and not just become closed off because something I don't want to do. Yeah, that's really good. That's convicting. Um, My husband and I are both... um, we both have strong, you know, thoughts and opinions. And um, I would say I'm definitely led probably a little bit more by conviction. Um, I'm an Enneagram one. I don't know if you're into the Enneagram at all, but I... I, I need to take it. Just take it. Um, and Jesse's a seven um, and he's more spontaneous and, you know, we're, we're different. We're very different, but he has trusted um, my convictions, you know, and I think coming from like the opposite side of it, um, knowing that. So when he does feel convicted about something, which is it like, you know, a big something in our life, we're like, no, I just really don't feel like that's what we're supposed to do. I try, yeah. I have a tendency to like 
trust him on it and um, be okay with it more because like he has supported, you know, when I feel convicted mm. about something. So I see it like the respect of like how God is working in your life and knowing that it's not out of selfish gain. Yeah, like I'm not having this conviction to make myself feel better or like, cause I yeah. want gain out of it. Like if God is speaking to you, he's, he's speaking to you, you know? Um, but when your spouse can acknowledge that, like it definitely, it feels good. And it, you're more likely to acknowledge it when, you know, they're having that same <laughs> thing happen. Um, I love what you said about that. Um, Carmen, if you would, um, can you tell me a little bit about, like, I know the healing took a while, like were there conversations, like coming back to like being in a place that initiated and like gave the hurt that you had and then coming back to that. And like, that must've been like very raw and a vulnerable thing for you to do to allow God to like take you to that place of hurt to be healed. Um, if you're open to it, if you want to tell me any more about like just what that healing process looked like um, outside of like the self-reflection of like, did you have to have conversations? Did you voice to people? Like, I think a lot of women, um, myself included, like I don't necessarily like conflict, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so what I just, I would love to chat about a little bit about that, like conflict as, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, the hurt that happened and how that was resolved um, and how God worked in that and how he led you to be healed in that season? Man, I'm going to figure out how to graciously say, um, say about that hurt because there's still a lot of relationships that I do have um, with people that are part of that congregation. There were, so my husband and I were in a discipleship program. And unfortunately, the director of that program uh, was really misusing his authority, uh, not just in overstepping boundaries in relationships. And you honestly could just take that <laughs> as far as your mind really in it, it was happening. Um, and I think that the lack of accountability and the assumption that it's not as bad as it looks because sometimes in, I think in churches, because it, it can appear successful, there's young adults who are excited about God and serving in the church. Sometimes we can choose that over there's some major morality issues and there's some things that need to be addressed. And that may cost us as a church having to let that go mm -hmm. to protect who God has entrusted us with. And unfortunately, uh, in my opinion, the choice was let's keep the program running because it looks really great. Mm -hmm. And we, we've been told what's going on, but we'll just, until it, we have to address it. Um, and I, you know, I don't know, I was not in any particular conversations or I was 22 at the time. So I'm not sitting in any major conversations with anyone. I'm a part of the discipleship program. Mm -hmm. Um, and eventually he was sat, like he, he was dismissed, but there was no closure mm. at all. So the damage of what I had gone through. Um, I was seeing a therapist at the time. Um, 
I was extremely depressed. I felt the things that happened during that season, um, you know, this director would tell me I was, I was not mentally stable. I, you know, would tell me I didn't hear from the Lord. So when you're already in college, which is already formative time, you, and this wasn't a director that I just kind of met by being a part of the program. I had known him and his family for years. Mm -hmm. So there was already a relationship developed. So being in there, there's a huge level of trust. So when somebody starts to have you doubt things about yourself and you trust that person exactly it's very it's very destructive it's very hard because then you second guess everything and I was at that place where I um and I I strongly believe that mental health is something you need to take care of um I'm 100% on board with seeing a therapist I did not utilize my therapist (laughs) enough um but Going through that, and then when he was removed, it just was the, to me, it felt like the goal was to just salvage the program. Mm. So there was no, let's stop everything. Let's actually have an honest conversation. What can we do to rectify this? It was, he's gone. There's new people coming in. We still, like, we're going to give everyone just a, a break so all the students were able to go home for I think like a weekend or something. And then we were going to come back and continue. So we're, um, and even in that, it just wasn't healthy at all. Is you go through two years of unhealth, like just, mm-hmm. just an unhealthy situation. And then just take a weekend break. And then we want everyone to return. Yeah. Um, and so carrying that, it was very hard to trust that leadership was going to had me or anyone, honestly, at the church in mind in their best interests. And that's how I felt. And that's what I left. Um, and so when we got married, it was very difficult to not feel like, how could I ever have kids and be a part of my home church? How could I, how, how can I trust that you guys are going to make safe decisions? Right. Um, so being returning, I just didn't trust anyone. So I didn't talk, you know, I was very cordial, but I, they knew. And I think they were always concerned. Like, are you going to, you know, are you going to show up one day and we're going to give you the microphone to make announcements and I'm just going <laughs> to blast everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and those were tough decisions too. Like, mm-hmm. how do I, you know, I still need to respect myself and mm-hmm. um, not get lost in vengeance. So what it started to look like was a couple of conversations with people here and there Um And that, I would say, I was probably by year three, I was much better at having conversations and not on guard. The first year, for sure, I was having... um, Just protecting yourself, like... Yeah. mm -hmm. And if I did have conversations, they were a bit divisive. So they were were angry. They were... um, kind of a reminder, like, don't forget what happened. Yeah. You, you guys may not, but I, I lived that. Um, 
So it felt like different conversations. And then it moved to experiencing challenging conflicts for us as ministry heads. And there's a very different hat. And I've shared this with friends of mine. Um, I began to understand. I do not agree. I still feel like that wasn't handled well. Mm -hmm. But I began to understand when you address or when you have an issue or a conflict or someone comes with you with information, how critical it is to have that information and all of it in its entirety. And doing student ministries, we went through just some real, you know, sexting was a mm-hmm. thing at, that that was people sending pictures. And um, I began to, because I'm wearing a different hat, I'm no longer a college student on the receiving end of decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm having to make some major decisions. And in that, I felt like the Lord also really taught us though, to, to connect with wise counsel and the importance of that. And so I really felt like a lot of that healing came from some of that wise counsel did come from that, you know, from our church, but a lot of it came from other people that had successfully um, dealt with different things and and were able to whether make that hard decision and stand by it or make a decision that was in the best interest of everyone, you know, still, still not hiding, you know, And so I felt like the Lord really helped us to develop that skill because that's a skill, especially in church work. It really is a skill to stay truthful, but also be for people. Yeah. And sometimes you you choose either or is either I'm going to be really truthful and then everybody gets fired and nobody has jobs. Because we're all sinners and we're all screwing up something. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's (laughs) fired. (laughs) Right? Like we're we're all done. We're just gonna shut it down. Or before everyone, which is overly gracious, and then you don't help anybody. Yeah. Um, and so in that there was also a grinding against of God letting me know this is hard. This is this is not easy because you look at yourself as well. You do. Um as a leader, you go, man, I've, I've made some really bad decisions. So do I want to come really hard on this or do I come a little bit softer because I'm not really the person that should tell you that you have to sit down for leadership. Um, and so that healing process also, because I, I saw other perspectives and I felt like because I was now in the room with those private and tough conversations, yeah, it really began to shape, this is not as easy because if you let this person go or that person has a family and kids, and if you encourage these parents to pursue legal action, this person may have a record and never go um, to college or this is a multiple offenses or whatever it is. Um, so I just felt like the Lord really a lot. He pushed me to be a lot more compassionate, mm-hmm. but also still reminded me that truth is truth. And at the f- forefront of any decision making, you need wise, wise counsel. You know, people that actually have tested it and it's it's been successful. Yeah. Um, and also just allowed me to heal because I was able to 
stop expecting the um, apology from leadership. In that, in my time, I got to a place where if I can walk in these doors and be at peace, I don't need, I don't need to have a deep conversation as to why you, or for you to justify why you did what you did and how that affected me. Yeah. I I found that that's not what I was looking for anymore. Yeah. That peace could come from somewhere else, not from them acknowledging something they did wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just that balance of grace and truth. I think that's very, um, just something that we're always kind of walking (laughs) no matter what the situation. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Thanks for sharing all that. I know that that was kind of digging into a a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to share it. Um, because I, I know that there's a lot more stories out there there really are. And there's very close friends of mine that are not engaged at all in any ministry or um, have really struggled because we don't talk enough about when things go wrong mm-hmm. and how, how to handle it better. Yeah. Carmen, what do you feel like over the years and over the healing and the different situations and uh, Mike's dreams, um, what do you feel that God has set you free from or is currently working on setting you free from? I definitely find that the Lord has really set me free from the connecting the people of God to who God is. I no longer feel like I need need to focus on those or people, especially people in leadership that are really just trying to serve God and figure their own messes out and lead in what God is calling them to lead in and not muddle that with God is still who God is and he's never changing. He's faithful. He's just, he's good which could be good, uh, you know, depending on what side you're on. <laughs> um, but who the character of God is, is not a, does not impact or reflect what people do that say they serve God. Um, and also release me from needing to hold anyone to that standard, as well as myself. Because in this season of parenting that I'm in, and ministry that we're in, I'm having to go back and focus on my relationship with the Lord. Me not judging other people and how they're living out their walk with God and focusing on myself and what am I doing and am I in my word enough? And am I taking care of the areas of influence that God has given me instead of expecting um, other people that I feel should be influencing me or should be engaging me or should be mentoring and discipling me. What am I doing? And not, um, not holding people to that standard, but also how can I connect then if I don't feel like I'm really being engaged or supported or whatever it is, whatever need I feel like I, I'm not, not being fulfilled. What am I doing in my relationship with the Lord 
to get closer to fulfilling that? And am I missing relationships that God is opening the door for that are supposed to be who I should be engaging with? Um, and I, def- I feel like the Lord has really lifted that off of me to stop um, expecting for senior pastors to be my best friends mm-hmm. or um, particular pastor's wives to want to have lunch with me and invest into my life. And not that those things are not good. It can be lonely being a pastor's wife and especially being young. And I met, I mentioned that in, I've, I've, that's been something I've mentioned different times in my blog. Um, but I don't look like a lot of other pastor's wives that I associate with. And so there's already an insecurity I have. And so God has had to really work in that of not functioning from that place of being desperate to be with people when I really could be growing in my walk with God. And he has in in doing that and not focusing, he has opened so many incredible relationships and meaningful ones. They're not many, but they're so rich and they're just deeply rooted, not just in God, but also in, in authenticity that I've, I'm like, man, I, I was wasting time focusing mm-hmm. on everything else, what I thought we needed to have or thought I should be attaining. Or, um, So I, I definitely feel like there's a huge freedom in being who I am and who God's created me to be, but also being that rooted in Christ and allowing him to help me see how he sees this instead. Yeah, that's so good. I love that so much. Um Thank you. I'm learning. I'm learning from you. I'm taking it all in. It's so good. Um, Carmen, where can people follow along? Um, see those four sweet little faces you have at home. Um, well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I have a Twitter, but I don't use it. But all of the handles are graciously woven. I do have a blog, which is www.graciouslywoven.com. Mm-hmm. Um, what kinds of things do you like to talk about on your blog? I love, well, I've started, you know, with all of the virus pandemic, everyone wear mask and stay inside, even though we need to use our immune systems. Um, <laughs> I've been baking more and cooking. So I've have a couple of recipes that, you know, didn't burn my house down. <laughs> um, I love sharing. Honestly, I really, I like sharing about my, my family my kids. I like sharing about what God speaks to me um, in the seasons that I'm in. I have found a comfort in being a lot more vulnerable with just parenting is really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is really difficult, but being open and sharing that with people, um, ideals that I've had in parenting that I realized were not realistic or not healthy or affecting my kids negatively. I talk about that, talk about my marriage um, in those seasons of just Mike and I learning because we are very different. And I grew up with a single mom and he grew up with two parents, Mm -hmm. Uh, but even culturally we're very different. I'm um, uh, black Hispanic, but very, uh, Americanized Mm -hmm. and he is from, um, he's from Nicaragua. So like his family migrated here during a civil war. It's an incredible story. 
but it's just huge different ideals and different ideals of roles in your marriage and how we've navigated that and the trust and how do we support each other. And so I talk about all those different things. Um, sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes I think I'm rambling. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, go follow her on Instagram. I, I like following you and I like seeing what you post. <laughs> you guys have a beautiful family and um, congratulations again on that sweet baby. And thank you. Yeah, just thanks for joining us and sharing your heart and everything that God has been teaching you. I appreciate this time, Becky. It's yeah. been a huge blessing to me today. Yeah, same. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.